Our first scripture reading from Isaiah in the 65th chapter. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. But the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. Like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. In our epistle reading from the second letter to the Thessalonians, in the third chapter, it's also the sermon text for the evening. Finally, brothers, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored has happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel from Matthew's gospel in the 28th chapter. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. As we continue on in the Rooted and Growing series, we have tonight Growing in the Mission of Christ. We saw where we were rooted in creation, rooted in redemption, rooted in sanctification, where God makes us holy, and then growing in our vocations, growing in the body of Christ, and now growing in the mission of Christ. And as we've done for the last several times, we'll also uh, recite the uh, theme verse for rooted and growing together. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you 
once again as you gather us together into your presence around your word where you are here for us. As you have your word spoken as Jesus is handed to us in communion, we thank you for the gifts that you give that nourish us and sustain us in faith. We pray, Lord, that you would work by your spirit, that you would guard our hearts and minds, keep distractions from them as we continue to hear of your grace for us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. It's kind of interesting talking about missions and things on a day where we also celebrate our veterans. And I bet you talk to any veteran and they ever served, there was probably something that they definitely wanted to know. What's the task that lies ahead? What's the mission that we're being sent out to do? What's the expectation for us as we go out into a place that we may or may not be familiar with to something we may or may not even know that's going on? What is the mission? If you haven't had that conversation, I'm sure you guys remember Mission Impossible, right? Uh, here's your mission, should you choose to accept it kind of thing. And if you haven't seen either of those, you've probably seen the Blues Brothers where they're on a mission from God. Get the band back together, right? So missions are what we like to know about. We want to know what we're there to do. What's our purpose in things? And when we come to Christianity, it's really interesting to think about, especially as we have a theme like tonight when we think about the mission of Christ. We say, wow, that's probably a pretty big thing. What is the mission of Christ? What is it that we're sent out to do? Who who is it that we're sent out to represent? What is this mission that's given to the church? And so we think of the mission of Christ and we say, well, that was kind of his mission. It was his job, right? I mean, he was the one that was sent into the world to redeem it, to die in its place, to reconcile it and buy it back and lift it up as perfected and holy before the Father. And to say this that we created is all good again and we're going to bring that back so that heaven and earth, so that God's presence would be a fitting thing in the midst of his creation. His creation wouldn't be broken anymore. I mean, that's what the angels proclaimed at Christmas, right? Goodwill towards men and peace on earth, wholeness between creation and creator, reconciliation given freely. That was the mission of Christ. It's funny, though, is, I mean, the mission of the church actually isn't too much different. Now, we're not going to be the Savior. We're not going to be the one that brings peace between creation and creator. That was Jesus' job, and he did that. And then as he rose from the grave and brings forgiveness and says all your sins are accounted for and done and you are claimed as God's children, here and now, this is it, you're that. You're the heirs of the kingdom and nothing can strip that away from you. And as he sits with the disciples in Galilee after he's risen from the dead and he stands with them before he ascends into heaven, he says, all right, here's the mission. Go ye therefore and baptize everybody, teaching them all that I have taught you. Let me sum it up. Make disciples. Make disciples of everybody by teaching and baptizing. Not necessarily one before the other, but kind of all hand in hand. And sometimes something's going to happen before the other thing, but know that all that needs to go on. Baptizing and teaching is going to go on, and that's how you make disciples, and that's what your mission is to go do. So go and do it. We say, great. 
what else? Is that it? What do we teach? We teach the whole Word of God. Oh, good. That's an easy one. What part? Is it the same throughout history? Is it ever any different? Because with any mission, there can be absolute clarity in the trajectory of the mission. But sometimes things get in the way. Sometimes a tack has to be made. A shift in the plan might have to happen. And it's interesting to think back through the years since the time of Christ and think if that mission of God to share with his creation how reconciliation was going to happen and then to see it happen in Jesus and then have the church go out and with the mission of making disciples and we try and figure out how to do that. And he says, do it by baptizing and teaching. And so we work our best at that. And that's the entire mission. But what gets in the way of that mission? I mean, we can point to a lot of things. Say, well, Satan gets in the way of that mission. Absolutely. Satan's job at any turn is to take people and separate them from God. It's as simple as that. One way or another, whatever task or uh, way in which he's going to accomplish that, he wants to separate people from God, turn their eyes away from him, and turn their eyes into themselves. Well, the unfortunate thing is he's got some pretty easy tools to work with. These things right in here our sinful hearts and our corrupted hearts. And it's hard to think that with this mission that God sends his church out to do is we are wrapped up in the body of Christ and he is the head, all of our sins forgiven, the thing that gets in the way of the mission more often than not is us. And that's hard to say and that's hard to wrap our heads around about the fact that more often than not the things that get in the way of the mission of Christ is the church itself. We start to wonder, how do we rectify that? How do we fix that? What do we do about that? Do we get more programs so that we can tell people how to live better and make sure that everybody is more moral? Maybe it's part of it. But you can find morality all over the place. You can find morality in the church and out of the church and in all kinds of different religions. And maybe we, just, we need to share God's word more and more about how much he cares and is there to handle us when we need help. Um, but in the times we don't need help, We've got it. But, you know, the times that we do really need help, then he's there for us and he's going to cradle us in and make sure that everything's comfortable. Kind of a therapy mindset. And it's true. He is there for us. But is that the mission? Is that what ends up bringing the word of God into people's ears in its fullness? As Jesus said, to teach all that I have commanded part of it? Or is it to just simply yell in people's ears that there's a God? Well, again, that can kind of happen in a lot of different ways. I think we start to get a little bit more clarity when we hear Paul's words. And as Paul's writing to the Thessalonians, he's saying, look, pray for us. Now, he's writing to a church that he's not the pastor of, and uh, he's reaching out to them for prayer, but I think we can hear his prayer even for all of us as well as he says, Pray for us that the word of God may go out speedily as it has among you, that that word would go out into a world that needs to hear it so that they would know of the love and mercy and grace of God for his broken creation. This love that has not just said you're broken 
and believe in me, but I'm going to die for you, to rise for you, to bring you freedom from your sinful desires and bring you freedom from the corruptedness that you have so that you have a promise to hope and an eternal life that is handed over to you freely on account of God's work alone. Pray that that word would go out. Pray that people would hear that word. Because as Paul writes, he says, not everyone's faithful. See, and that's where we get in the way. There's those times when we decide to follow our own word or our own desire or our own reason or our own understanding. And we want to tell people, God just loves you and accepts you for who you are. Don't worry about what you do. It's okay. But see, that's, that's comfortable. It's not necessarily true. God doesn't accept us in our sinfulness. If he accepted us in our sinfulness, then Jesus died in vain. There was absolutely no reason for him to die if God's okay with us being sinful creatures. Yet we also don't have it within our capability to be not sinful and to pull ourselves out of that sinfulness. We don't have that in our corrupted nature at all. So we're stuck with a mission ahead of us of what we're supposed to do, but with no power on our own to do it. So not all are faithful. But God is. See, God's faithful. And God's faithful to continue his work. And his mission that he sent his son on was to reconcile the world unto himself, to die in their place and rise again, to hand them life so that we would have forgiveness to make things right between creation and creator once again. And God did that work. And God is faithful, not just for a time or in an era, but God is faithful. You hear from the beginning of scriptures to the end of scriptures. He is steadfast and faithful. And he's the one that actually continues the mission of Christ. Now we don't see Christ in the flesh anymore. He's at the right hand of the Father. He has ascended into heaven. We look forward to the day that he comes back, but he does work through his body, the church, you. You get to continue on the mission of Christ, but it's not on your shoulders and it's not within your power. It's God working through you by his spirit so that more and more would hear of the word of God for them so that they would know of his love and forgiveness. And that is such a wonderful thing to let sink into our hearts and into our brains that, yes, there's a mission ahead of us, but it's not solely up to us. Now, being the body of Christ, we're the ones that are present. We're the ones that God's going to work through. We're the tools he's going to use. We're the mouths and the hands and the feet and the brains and the reason and the relationships and the community in which he is going to accomplish that work so that the world would know of the steadfastness and love of Christ, as Paul puts it. wonderful to have a mission it breaks our hearts that we don't do it as effectively as we should when we know we're supposed to baptize and teach and yet we see in our own lives at times that that doesn't happen perfectly by any means yet within this community that god brings together we can bring people around that might be stronger teachers than we are that might be better comforters than we are that might be better ones to hold somebody accountable than we are. As we teach that whole word of God for one mission, 
so that the world would know God's love for them in Jesus. And so that we would know God's love for us in Jesus. That's why you show up here every week, aside from getting to say hi to one another and see how each other are doing and strengthen that community. And that part of it's beautiful as God calls his family together. But when we come from all the different places that we come from out in the day-to-day and you come into this place where everybody from a different background gets to hear the exact same words of forgiveness and grace for you, won by Christ alone. His mission accomplished. His mission carries on by God's work in the Spirit. And the Spirit has one job, one mission, point people to Jesus. That's what we believe, teach, and confess when we look at the third article of the Apostles' Creed. He calls, gathers, and enlightens his church, puts the word out there in the world, and calls people's works on their hearts to bring them close, and then enlightens them so they could start to wrap their heads around this beautiful, wonderful thing that God's word is. Strengthens them. Gathering them all together so that they would remain in the promises of God, so that they would know and have the faith to hold on to those promises, such a beautiful gift that faith is given to us in our baptism, so that we get not only the promise of God, but the thing that holds on to it all in one as God hands that over to us and then gives us the courage to actually speak about it and talk to folks about it. And it may only happen once or twice in your life, but in that moment you get to be the one that speaks the word of God into somebody's ear. And what a wonderful thing that is. You may be the one that gets to show those acts of mercy and that other person is wondering, how can you have so much joy in the midst of a hard time? How can you have so much hope in the midst of a world that's falling apart? How can you love when someone reacts with such unlovedness? Say, well, it's because I know of one who loves me. Throughout everything. And it's not okay when I do the things that break our relationship, but he forgives them and he died for them. He rose for them. And that's Jesus' mission that he accomplished for you. And that's the mission that continues on and that he calls you into as we gather together in the places that we do to hear his word alone for us. A word that we get to share each and every day with all those we come into contact with so that they would know Christ's mission of reconciliation and forgiveness. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to bring us unto yourself. And there's times that we fight back, knowing your promises full well, and we still do things where we turn our heads away from you, yet you grab us by the scruff of the neck and continue to bring us back to your word. You continue to point us to Jesus, and that you continue to lovingly send us out on that same mission to preach your word into the lives of those that you draw us into so that they would know of your love for us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.